Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. I'm Ed Peters. We continue on today in Romans chapter 1, moving on to verse 18. This verse opens a new section here in the book of Romans that extends through verse 20 of chapter 3. In developing the theme of righteousness from God, which Paul began in verse 17, He sets the stage by showing that all have sinned and therefore need the righteousness that only God can provide. Paul shows the sin of the Gentiles in verses 18 through 32 of chapter 1. He then shows the sin of Jews in chapter 2 through verse 8 of chapter 3. He then summarizes the sin of all, Gentile and Jew alike, in verses 9 through 20 of chapter 3. Paul begins this section with verse 18, speaking of God's wrath against mankind. The wrath of God is not a petulant, irrational burst of anger such as humans often exhibit, but a wholly just revulsion against what is contrary to and opposes his holy nature and will. Here now is verse 18, and Paul writes, On the other hand, God's indignation is revealed from heaven against all impiety and wickedness of all those who, through their wicked ways, suppress the truth. Thank you. 
wrath is not limited to the end-time judgment of the wicked, mentioned by Paul in 1 Thessalonians 1.10. Here, in verse 18, the wrath of God is his abandonment of the wicked to their sins, a subject which he will develop in verses 24 through 32 later on in this chapter. Now, here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is for every person who is lost. Paul in the book of Romans is going to say much about the gospel. The question that needs to be settled first is, is everybody lost? If not, then the gospel is only for a limited few bad people. Are people basically good with perhaps a few who are bad? then perhaps the gospel isn't needed by everyone. Or are people basically bad? Then the gospel is needed for everyone. The Bible is clear that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that there is none righteous, no, not even one. It is that point that Paul emphasizes now, beginning at chapter 118 of the book of Romans. Actually, from verse 18 of chapter 1 all the way through 320, that's the major point. It is surprising, even in our world, in our day, how many persons feel they are okay and don't really need to accept Christ and be saved. They believe that sin has not sufficiently touched them. They are not lost. That's not the message of the Bible, however. So this section of the book of Romans is needed for our times, too. That the whole world is, in essence, really pagan should be self-evident. Even pagan literature of the past demonstrates that. In fact, contemporary paganism demonstrates it as surely as Paul states it here. Contemporary paganism in its literature, art, sculpture, and practices proved Paul to be right. So Paul's point, whole humanity is morally corrupt and unable to redeem itself. What caused this appalling universal condition? The cause was a faulty and inadequate knowledge of God. It is the knowledge of God that keeps man decent and good. Did mankind just happen to lose his knowledge of God? Evidently not. Paul makes it clear in these verses that this ignorance arose out of the desire or the bent to push aside any knowledge of God. The knowledge of God was accessible and available. In fact, it had been revealed, but it was rejected. Man closed his mind to it. Man didn't want to know God. That ignorance of God was deliberate and self-imposed. What happened? Instead of worshiping the Creator, man worshiped the creation. Creation was given the Creator's place. That's idolatry, when any thing is placed above God. The pagans, instead of giving glory to the Creator, gave it to the creation. They not only embraced a lie, but they preferred it and vigorously promoted it. That's man's nature. Basically, man does not want to hear from or know about God. So writes Paul and so teaches experience and observation. Then what happened? 
Paul writes that God gave man up. We are not to understand that to mean that God just threw up his hands and gave up. We are to understand that God gave humanity over to the consequences of their choice. Man persisted in wickedness, in wrongness, and God allowed certain laws to go into effect. There are laws that govern sin. When a person or a nation sins, certain consequences begin. These consequences are always destructive. God simply withdrew his hand and sin's results began to unfold. With that as kind of a summary of the rest of chapter 1, I'd like to come to verse 18. Here is how Paul begins this section. He writes, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. The idea of a God of wrath is often rejected by modern man. I must therefore talk about God's wrath for a moment. We can only begin to understand God by the use of human analogies to describe him. Those are called anthropomorphisms. That is, ascribing human qualities to God. We can only come to a partial understanding of God by comparing him to us. When God became flesh, he became like us, that gives legitimacy to using human experiences to describe God. But on the other hand, we must remember what God said to Hosea when he refused to give up on Israel. He said, I am God and not man. So while the Bible speaks of God's wrath, in him it is not a sinful, self-regarding passion, it is rather God's holiness responding to wickedness and rebellion. It is God's retribution which must be operative in a moral universe. But his wrath is not indiscriminate, and it can be assuaged, contrary to pagan religions. Jesus Christ's death on the cross for the sin of everyone satisfies God's holiness. It canceled his wrath toward everyone who receives the Savior. That's the good news. Do understand I just 
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.